Thank you for joining us on Time Out with the Lord with my pastor, Dr. Mrs. Senye Obilulu Briggs, who ministers at the Chapel of God International Worship Center. Today's episode will uplift your spirit and edify your soul. We thank you so much, Jehovah. You have shown yourself in many ways in our lives. And so we call you Jehovah, the Almighty One. Truly, there is no God like you. And this is becoming more and more clear for us as you reveal yourself to us in, our, in the course of our study. We are getting to know you more. We are getting to understand your character. And by doing so, we are blessed because we understand how much you love us. We appreciate your love and your care, and we yield for that. We receive the grace from you to remain loyal and faithful. Father, we say thank you. Accept our thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. We come before you in all humility with a desire to learn some more. We subject ourselves to the rulership of the Holy Spirit. Spirit divine, speak to us, teach us the word of God. And every previous thing's thoughts that are not correct, that we had had, that had guided us, even in our Christian journey, the things we had harbored, the compromises, our Lord and our King. We humble ourselves before you, Holy Spirit, and we pray for that power of conviction to be effective, to act out in our lives, that easily, by your grace, we'll come to reject things that are not of you and will uphold your doctrine, will uphold your word, and indeed, the blessings that flow through it, flow in it, we shall receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be your name, Lord. Take all the glory. Take all the adoration. Lead us, direct us, guide us, Grant us understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We continue with our study of the book of Leviticus. And the text is taken from Leviticus chapter 22, from verse 1 to verse 16. And the key verse is verse 3. Verse 3 says, Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth unto the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. Very strong, strong words. But then they portray for us the fact that God Almighty will not take lightly offenses committed deliberately. Such will be cut off. In this passage, God makes the Israelites that we see, his chosen race, to be deeply aware that they are serving a God who hates sin who would by no means spare the guilty and pardon someone who makes himself to be unclean 
And at the same time, we see him providing the solutions that make his people to be clean. The same God. In the Holy Scriptures, there's no acceptable reason why anyone should remain unclean. No reason why someone that is unclean will become clean suddenly except there is a cleansing. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, God does not just qualify people in their unclean state because he loves them. He makes a provision for them to be clean, that they may be acceptable unto him. This is typically unlike man who will understand the reasons why certain things happen to make certain people the way they are. What we call mistakes, like accidentally cursing out someone who had probably offended you so badly, and at that hour you are grieved and you boss out, you justify yourself. The person deserves it. Other people who hear you will even judge the matter. And when they judge, they will tell you you are in the right because the other person offended you first. So you are justified in your actions whereby you cursed, whereby you defiled yourself, whereby you went against God. The world justifies it because you are the good person in the eyes of man and you were provoked into action. The scripture is clear and is making us to understand. And this is one area where seemingly very good children of God find it difficult. They are good. They don't do any wrong. What God wants us to understand is that the other party has a relationship with him. You have a relationship with the same God. And when he's dealing with you and your matter, he does not involve the other party. It is you and God. So no accidental moves, no reciprocal actions because you were offended, none is justified. God does not even give it consideration at all. Your service to God and your offering remain unacceptable to God until you realize and do something about the fact that this incident has affected you. It may be wrong done by somebody else and you are depriving yourself of being accepted. So today we are actually talking to ourselves. Things that make us come short, the Christians, of the glory of God. Why you have believed? Why you have been chosen? Why is it that your life does not really show the kind of life that has eaten of the goodness of God? When you obediently carry out the stipulated remedy, you get restored. And the remedy is explained so well. The entire scripture is the remedy that God has brought forward, brought out, explained to his children, so that each and every one of us will be qualified 
so that each and every one of us will be acceptable to him to offer sacrifice to him and he will accept our sacrifices then you'll be able to perform your priestly duties and have your priestly privileges because then you'll be able to eat of those things that are holy specially carved out created presented you know unto the children that have been chosen by God himself the Lord Jesus Christ said to us that if you have made yourself unfit, if you have contaminated yourself, thereby contaminating your offering, do not even bother to present your gifts. Don't offer it. He says, drop it. Drop it at the altar, Matthew chapter 5. And go, reconcile with your brother. If there's an offense and it is heavy in you, to the point something has gone wrong in you, you have been defiled or somebody else is holding you responsible for the person's life justifiably. Quickly go and make peace. Quickly. And then come back. Drop whatever you have. Yes, he's not rejecting you. You see, God is, the more I read the Old Testament, the more I appreciate in fact, the more I can understand the reason why God will send Jesus Christ to come, his only begotten son. The scripture tells us that he manifested himself. Now I can understand the love that he has for man, man that has failed. The scripture is filled with God calling us, with God drawing us, with God making provisions right from the beginning, with God covering us. With God telling us what to do. He is such a loving father. It's amazing. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 22 and 23. But I say unto you. Mm -hmm. That whosoever is angry with his brother. Without mm. a cause. Mm. Shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother. Raka. Shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say. Thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, mm. leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and That's then right. come and offer thy gift. Praise the Lord. So we can see that if we have to look at our lives, and we begin to talk about what we have done for God, can we justifiably say that these sacrifices, these offerings were accepted for us to now say we should actually participate of the holy thing, the benefits that come to the priests because we are priests. That's what the scripture tells us. Christ had already done it for us. So we approach God directly. When we do, are we saying that nothing, nothing should block the blessings that flow? It's, it's for us to really look at and make right things that are wrong because these blessings are ours. The bread is there. It is for us to eat the food God has already given. The holy things of God, all the blessings he has already given. When you deliberately go against the word of God, which acknowledges, because the word of God acknowledges when he starts, his, he first of all lists out things that are wrong and 
the word of God again makes known to us these things. When you deliberately go against them, what are we, what are we saying? Two things God makes known to us. One, the things that he detests, he tells us. What he considers unclean, we are not ignorant of them. What makes us unrighteous, we know. The sin. And two, what he considers the way out. The way out of that predicament that we are in. So, we are no longer to be afraid to go to church. There are some people, when they do wrong, they know they have done wrong. They find themselves unfit to go to the house of God. They don't want to appear where the word of God is being preached. That is ministration from the devil. For that is where you will go to hear the plans God has made for you. God has told us two things. The things that he detests. And what he considers the way out of sin that he has prescribed out of love for you and I. When you deliberately walk in darkness and refuse to follow the way that leads to light, then you are telling God you don't want him. In that case, the Bible says that you are cut off. That's what we have read in Leviticus chapter 22, verse 3. That soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord because he has made all provisions for you. He has not kept you in ignorance. Lying is not right. For whatever reason, you lie, 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 lie. And then you ignore it. You don't talk about it. You leave it. Even if you are obsessed with lying, it's an issue to bring before God. But you don't. You leave it. It's nothing. And then you start making demands of God. You have come to him and you're making demands. He's saying that when you do this deliberately, you are already cut off. So we now know the many reasons why certain things are the way they are. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. If we do this willfully, this is what the Lord is talking about in Leviticus verse 3 of chapter 22. And that's why in a lot of gatherings, we know the truth. We don't follow it. There are precepts. There are ways. There are things that the Lord Jesus Christ has taught us, has told us to do which do not negate what is even in the Old Testament. The ways of the Lord, they are not grievous. But many Christian gatherings, we do not see the power of God operating in that circle. Why? The Holy Spirit is not able to move because men know the truth, but have replaced the teachings of Christ with doctrines of men and have focused their teachings on these things to the unsuspecting congregation. So men are no longer obedient because they are not taught to be so. They are not even taught to believe those things because right now the teachings of men is what you have prevalent 
And so holiness means very little. Holiness is not you doing good. Holiness is you acknowledging that in you there is no good thing and also acknowledging the way God has prescribed for you and obedient, obediently following that way. And that way calls for you to believe. Believe and act and continue to live by the direction of the Holy Spirit. You are yielding to God because he is almighty and he has told you what to do. When you decide not to go through the, the stipulated ways to return to God, it means you are in total disregard. If you notice in all these places, the kind of sin they commit or the kind of um, defilement that they expose themselves to and the type of remedy is stated, what you is stated, if you do anything less, it cannot be acceptable. And so it calls for obedience. Obedience to the way out. Any other way out cannot lead you to the destination God is taking you. Because that is not the way out to that destination. Any man can be leprous. God is not worried that people are leprous. No. He does something about the leprosy. He's not now saying, oh, these are unclean people, which is typical of human beings. These are not people of my class. And then we look and choose among the lots who and who are people of our class. People who speak our kind of language. People who behave like we behave. That is man. In different areas of life, that's what we do. But God is not man. God recognizes the sinful one. He recognizes the unclean one. And he makes a way. Anyone can, can be contaminated. In fact, right before him, from the beginning, contamination from Adam and Eve. So contamination is not new. It doesn't surprise God that anybody is doing something wrong. But he does not accept you in that state. Instead, he makes you to be holy. We get contaminated sometimes when we get associated with people who are already contaminated. And what happens when we get contaminated by association, it leads to us being involved in unholy actions. If you remain there, you will be defiled. If you remain there, you get defiled. And so God says, do not go the way of the world. This is the way. Proverbs 14. Verse 12, the Bible tells us there is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. When we are on it, it looked good, it seemed nice, but he's saying that the end is death, destruction. God's conclusion we find in verse 9 of the passage, Leviticus 22. His conclusion, he says, Therefore, keep my ordinances, lest they bear sin for it, and die therefore, if they profane it. I, the Lord, do sanctify them.
Therefore, the priests should observe his ordinances so that they will not bear sin because of it and die if they profane it. He is the Lord that sanctifies them. Now, when we read further, we'll go to verse 14. We see another angle to it. Verse 14. If a man eat of the holy thing unwittingly, then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it, and shall give it unto the priests with the holy thing. If any man unknowingly eats a holy gift, all you do is you add one-fifth of that gift and give all to the priests. It is a holy gift unto the priests. Our God does not withhold any good thing from us. Salvation is free. Remission of sins is done already. And so while we are encouraged to come to the Lord and freely uh, receive the salvation, God wants, he wants us that those of us who are the priests today, those of us who have been enlightened, and those of us who lead others in the way that they should go, we should not put unnecessary stumbling uh, blocks when a sinner comes across seeking salvation. When a sinner comes seeking freedom from Satan's shackles, we should not unnecessarily make it more difficult for anyone. He gives freely and he recognizes those whose duty it is to take care, to ensure that these sacrifices and these words, everything, you know, remain holy. Now, the duty of a believer is to draw more people into this holy estate that has been preserved for the people of God. That is why you and I are here. That which we have heard, we are supposed to give it out to others. And when they come, we are to receive them. At the time they are coming, they are not like you and I. The ones that are holy and the ones that are pure are the ones that God relates with and gives his gifts. So when someone who is not one of us, as it were, comes, the person is allowed to take. But we should be sure that we welcome such a person and we should not put unnecessary load again on top of the person. The person comes to eat because the person is hungry. And we have, freely we have received, freely we should give. Verse 15, And they shall not profane the holy things of the children of Israel, which they offer unto the Lord, or suffer them to bear the iniquity of trespass when they eat their holy things. For I, the Lord, do sanctify them. Now, instead of leading them to the cross, as is expected, when the unbeliever, the unqualified, the sinner, the ones we, we give so many names, when they come forward, we should lead them to the cross as they acknowledge their sins, that they may rise up in thanksgiving as they receive forgiveness. And as they are rising up, 
they rise up under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Men and women should not be placed under another great yoke in the name of deliverance. These days what we find is that people devise new ways to make it very difficult so that they will know that the magnitude of their sins cannot just be removed just by saying, I believe, and by totally surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. They add more things. They say 21 days of midnight prayer, and of course it has to be done naked. And it's true. These are confessions. These are things that people have gone through. They pray, and they don't just pray with the words of their mouth, with their hearts totally, you know, sold out from the depths of their hearts no but they pray as they are coming to pray they are praying with sand and they are praying with coconuts all sorts of things are happening in the name of being forgiven in the name of being delivered from sin being delivered from satanic shackles in some cases as you enter the place of worship they bang your head and the person banging the head is the head of the church himself. Why? So that the spirits in you will know to bow to him first and foremost. And then they take over. You coming out, trying to come out from one, one bondage, you now enter into one that has higher authority. You know, in the spiritual realms, there are categories, there are hierarchies. You know, some are greater than some. So you come out from a lesser one because for the spirit in you to allow you to go and bow, it means it is lower in authority, in hierarchy. Yes. Otherwise, no man that has eaten well will ask me to come and bow. In fact, they see me and they run. So when they ask you, definitely they want to take possession. They want you to now be serving them instead of continuously uh, serving the spirits that had kept you captive all this while. For some, Deliverance has to be done uh, in the water or by the shores, by the seaside. And I begin to wonder, if that is the case, what happens to people who live in the desert, in desert area, where there is no sea, no beach, no ocean? What happens to them? So no deliverance for them. Some, it has to be, it has to be done in the church premises the place they call church in the place of worship that's where it must be done today that most churches are closed so god doesn't work anymore may the lord have mercy upon us jesus christ our lord gave us simple instructions when these people come when you go to meet them matthew chapter 10 verse 8 he says heal the sick cleanse the leper Raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not hinder others. Brethren, it is God's desire that his people eat the holy things, the holy things that belong to him. The spirit is his. So if you have the spirit of God in you, do not hoard the Spirit of God. He walked in your life. Let him also through you walk in the life of another person. 
We love to make sacrifices. We love to do things. Hosea chapter 6 verse 6. <laughs> he said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire, I delight in loyalty, faithfulness. Faithfulness in the covenants, not, not your sacrifices. He desires that we acknowledge his mercy. His relationship with us, that covenant was cut out of mercy. And that's all he wants us to recognize. That's what he wants us to know and come to him. Our God and our Father has graciously made adequate provisions for our holiness. And we can possess it. It is not a difficult thing. Because of the way it has been presented to us, we believe, we think that we have to, we have to do it. You know, we, we, we have to, it is our efforts that we can be holy. And then you hear children of God say, ha, but who can, who can live a holy life? Ah, not only Jesus, so only Jesus. And they make it so difficult. Even men, preachers will tell you, I know it is not easy. How will God give you an assignment that is not easy? A God that loves you so much and has told you what to do. What, whatever you are doing, in whichever area you are, he has told you how to go about it. There is nothing you will get engaged in that you will be lost, that you will not receive direction from God. So how is it difficult? In agreement with God, the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. But when we come with a mindset that it is not doable, we're already saying God is a wicked God. We're already denying the power of the Holy Spirit. And it should not be so. We should not deny the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. God's will is that the relationship that he has forged with us not only stands, but continues. He has made great provisions and we can possess it if only we are willing. Willingness, that is the word. Brethren, it's a divine command. A divine command with so much attention to the sinners who are unclean. It's not just a command saying, go, be clean. No. It's a command that focuses so much on the person. Not even on the things you have done or you are doing. But on you and your love. And as he's looking at you, he is seeing the things that you are entangled in. And instantly, he is giving you a way out. He's not saying, just be clean, because I am clean. Yes, that's his instruction. But if you read the scriptures very well, he has given us a way out. So that at any point in time, we stand sure. We are certain that he has not called us. His attention is not to judge. His attention is not to discard. But in recognizing our situation and in providing a way of inclusion that's why Christ came he came for the sinners the sole aim being that all men may be partakers that is God's sole aim he's still in that business to ensure that everyone he has not put you aside everyone becomes a partaker right from the time of the old testament to where we are now 
and beginning with forgiveness of sins it ends with him seeing you as if you have not done anything so you receive forgiveness of sins and you receive with it purification the book of matthew chapter 9 verse 10 records that in matthew's house jesus christ was dining with sinners then as jesus christ was reclining at the table in matthew's house many tax collectors even matthew himself was a tax collector so his colleagues fellow <laughs> fellow comrades in crime you know many tax collectors and sinners including non-observant jews because there were jews who were looked down upon who were like cast away the ones that were not keeping the sabbath and the laws and all those things all of them came and ate with him they ate with him and they ate with his disciples my brothers and sisters if we go to the book of revelation revelation chapter 21 verse 6 the scriptures tells us and he said unto me i am alpha and omega the beginning and the end i will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life how freely and to who him that is a thirst if you go to chapter 22 of the same book of revelations chapter 17 it says and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hear it say come and let him that is athirst come and whosoever will let him take whosoever this qualifies you and i everyone so let no man put you aside the question is will you come and receive of the water of life will you come that is the question the invitation is open to all in the book of leviticus he was talking to all the ones that are bad the ones that are unclean he, he addressed all and he gave a solution to all that they may be partakers of the holy thing today the call is open the alpha and the omega is speaking he is the one from the beginning he's the end and he is one inviting you and I. The one that comes, he will give. That's what he says, the one that comes. So don't let anyone lock you out of your blessings. Don't let any church, anyone, any church, lock you out. Don't let any gates be locked against you. Any gathering, actually, that locks anyone out for whatever reason of uncleanness is not part of this church as you read in revelations 22 17 it says the spirit and the bride the bride is the church the church that has been made whole he says the spirit and the bride say come not just the bride the spirit and the bride the spirit of god and the bride you and i and the spirit of god so if there is therefore a gathering of a people 
that make the decision in their constitution to lock out anyone definitely you will agree with me that the spirit is not with that group but the church the holy church walks with the spirit and give out this invitation saying come come let him that is athirst come and he says for whosoever will let him take and drink of that water the living water so like I always say, you cannot give what you do not have. Such groups do not have the living water to give to you. So if you are locked out, be happy that you are locked out. Look for a living church whose gates are open to people like me, to people like you. Do not grieve at all. And for those of us who say we are the church, you and I that are hearing the gospel and have surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, let us not grieve the Spirit of God, but let us be accommodating to all and sundry. Let us be eager to offer that available remedy. Anyone you drive out, you're saying the person should go and remain in his sin. Jesus Christ saw the worst of all, yet he says, go and sin no more. They didn't condemn you, I do not condemn you because they couldn't they were all sinners so they couldn't condemn and he says i too do not condemn you so if the lord himself the alpha and omega does not condemn you who has the right to condemn you you are all invited come to that available remedy the precious blood of jesus christ and i want to tell you that the blood of jesus christ is still speaking forgiveness my last words today to you that hear my voice is this let that spirit that possess the ethiopian eunuch in the book of acts of apostles chapter 8 from verse 27 to 39 let that spirit that possessed that eunuch he was not of the fold of the jews but he came in contact and he wondered if this is what is required what stops me today from partaking of that holy thing. May that spirit engulf you so that you will move and nothing will stop you. It is my prayer that as you have heard this living word, this life transforming words, no contrary spirit, no spirit, no man, no spiritual father will be able to hinder you from obediently fulfilling God's requirement of you as a believer. I pray you will not compromise your divine call in the name of Jesus Christ. I also pray that the Lord Almighty will direct you, direct each and every one of us aright so that we will not miss the way and will follow the right path that ourselves together with the Holy Spirit of God will continue in this walk, calling others to come into the fold and will be able to be doing this until that day when we hear the trumpet. And we shall all hear the trumpet sound and will be caught up with Christ in heaven. We will not be left alone in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you all. We believe you've been blessed by listening to this episode of Time Out with the Lord. 
with Dr. Mrs. Senye Obi Lulu Briggs. You can join our daily meetings on Zoom and Skype by logging on to our website at www.timeoutwiththelord.com. For daily messages and encouragement, you can also add us on WhatsApp with the number plus 447506693440. For more information, please call 084-555-188 or 084-554-430. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays by 10 a.m. at the Chapel of God International Worship Center at number 22 Forces Avenue, OGRA, Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Remember, you are God's most beloved.